Welcome to Crypto Biz. Keith Allen, Brad Nickel, and Austin Gaines ready to talk everything crypto and ICO. What we are not here to do is talk about trading cryptocurrencies, but we're here to talk about the business of the cryptocurrency and ICO space. Brad, why don't you um, take a second and introduce who we are, what we do, and why we're qualified to be here? I'm not sure we are qualified. Well, we, we, um, ha we have a website. We do have a website <laughs> and clients. Um, we are Black Knox Crypto Hodling Company. And for all my friends and family, that is hodling, not holding. Um, you don't need to let me know that it's misspelled in our logo. How many times um, how many how many times have people seen that on your email signature and said, uh, hey dude, you, you got a typo? Almost daily, including clients who are in the crypto space. Anyway, we have uh, we have a consultancy that helps um, existing cryptocurrencies and um, those wishing to do an ICO succeed at that. We apply a lot of years in the startup technology arena, um, the fundamentals of business, the fundamentals of startups to helping our clients succeed uh, becoming successful startups in the cryptocurrency world. Our team is myself, Brad Nickel, Keith Allen, Austin Gaines. And we do have a um, CTO, Dr. Stephen Browdy, but we decided not to have him on the podcast because we don't think you will listen to a five-hour podcast. <laughs> his, so we are his, going his nickname is White Noise. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to be in so much trouble. The call is going to be brutal. Can we block uh, a listener? Can we block a, uh, um, a podcast <laughs> listener so that he can't hear this? <laughs> Only if I go to his router. Steve, 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 we love you. We need you. But um, but nobody wants to hear you. We apologize Steve's, in advance. Steve is brilliant. He's out there doing work for all kinds of really cool um, organizations. In the past, he's done work for NASA and the United Nations. And he's he is the exactly the tech person you want on your team for analysis and planning and architecture, but he is not the person you want on your podcast. And you know maybe. what? Maybe we'll have him on for an episode and we'll, we'll talk tech and we'll, we'll get him going and then I'll go mow my lawn and wash my car and come back. And <laughs> now, look, we'll have him on for those that are for when we're profiling ICOs uh, strategies that have a really strong technical component to it. Right. We're talking to a couple right now that have some really cool tech and Steve's doing the, the analysis on those. And we definitely want to bring them on. No, so. you know, you know what we can do Ser seriously. And this, you know, it's, it's this is kind of top of mind just because of the, you know, what's on TV these days, you know, Oscar season, you know, that just just happened. We'll get some like playoff music, you know, like when they're running long at the Oscars and he starts running on and on. And we'll just play the music, <laughs> play him out. And, you know, we'll we'll, we'll move on. Uh, if we could just fade Mike on that, that'd be great. Oh, we should mention. um Riley Markowitz, who's um, an analyst for us, doing a lot of great work, helping us uh, climb through the pile of white papers that enter our world every day. Yeah, a really brilliant mind, a young crypto enthusiast from an early age and has been, uh, I think, trading since he was literally a teenager and is really doing a phenomenal job of helping us weed through the ocean of white papers that come our way. And, and quite honestly, just a, a, a quick note on, on our business, you know, we, we're pretty selective about who we work with. We, uh, we see a lot in this space and as excited as we are about the space, we know that there's some phenomenal, really brilliant, innovative ideas. And then there are 
some 16-year-olds in Estonia who jot down some ideas and think they can go raise $50 million. And so we have to kind of analyze these at least to the point to figure out whether we're going to continue to advance things and, and uh, you know, towards engagement with us. And, and Riley has been helping us weed through some of the clutter and find the gold, if you will, so that we can focus our time on what is most promising and valuable. Yeah. You don't get past Riley. You don't you don't get you he's don't get looked at. The, he's the gatekeeper. <laughs> he is the gatekeeper. And you know, he's kind of doing it as charity because the millions he's made in cryptocurrency trading, he really doesn't need <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um that, a little background on who we are. Austin, tell them who we're not and what we don't do. Okay, so we are not financial advisors, attorneys, or tax advisors. Nothing should be considered investment advice and Investment in crypto is a risky business. So always keep that in mind when you're looking at your next venture or whatever else you're going to get into. Crypto is risky. All right. And this is not investment advice, but buy the dip. Like would right you, now, would like you, go would now. You, would you call me? <laughs> yeah, we have seen just uh, cream and th- this. Th- <laughs> all right. This has been a, a really volatile week. Uh, no, no question about that. And and we should probably just dive dive right into that. We have spent quite a bit of time tossing around ideas on on what we wanted to do uh, on today's show. We talked about you know how to set up an ICO. We talked about blockchain integrations. We talked tokenomics, navigating you know the regulatory environment that is ever changing. ICO do's and don'ts is and, and success and failure stories. Um, but this is a really volatile and fluid market. And like the industry, uh, we remain fluid. So, um, you know, there's been a a windstorm of new regulatory issues coming up this week. It's had uh, a significant impact uh, on the market with a a pretty, um, pretty large sell off and scared a lot of crypto investors and traders. So why don't we start there, Brad? Yeah. Can we can we start with the fact that the SEC is going to single handedly drive innovation and cash out of the United States? I'm sorry, I didn't I wasn't going to be that dismissive, but I'm just rather than this piecemeal thing they're doing, I wish they would just take a month and figure out what the rules are. Right. But, you know, it's it's worth noting. They're not just like randomly coming up with with stuff or randomly going after people. They are the 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 things that seem to be taking shape somewhat organically, if you will, are in response to bad actors, uh, people who committed frauds. uh, And they're now trying to uh, prosecute those people. And if not regulation, at least definition is coming uh, from some of those cases. Now, you know, I guess you could say, yeah, the SEC may be driving some people away. And we hear from clients and and we have clients all around the world who are saying, listen, we don't even want to mess with U.S. investors. We don't want to have to worry about the SEC. And so we're going to keep our our business and uh, our investors out of the U.S. And that's fine. That's an approach that is you know, certainly not going to help the U.S. market. But at the end of the day, with regulation comes clarity. There are plenty of crypto and ICO businesses in the U.S. And if they think that they can keep trying to circumnavigate 
the regulation that's there or what's coming, um, they're going to have some challenges. You, you really have got to, uh, if you're going to work in this space, you have got to, like it or not, be cooperative and be willing to be, not just be willing to accept the regulations, you need to be proactive uh, about following uh, the tone that the SEC and the CFTC are setting. Uh, otherwise, there's a 10-year statute of limitations where they'll be able to come back and prosecute you if you do not follow. I agree with everything you just said, but they've had three years to figure out what the rules are, and they just need to put them out there. You know, stop leaving everyone hanging. You know, look, here's what it feels like to the people that are involved, right? You've got law firms all over the United States getting subpoenaed, partners getting subpoenaed and brought in this week. And I guarantee you that every one of those law firms was conscious of trying to fit into a regulatory framework and help their clients be legal. But because there was no guidance or rules set down, they didn't know what to do and had to guess at the process. Now, maybe their recommendation should have been to their client, don't take money from the United States. But the fact is, is the SEC just needs to set the regulatory rules and let us follow them. Um, but you know, we can try to follow the existing rules for securities, which is probably where the whole industry is going to go. And we've talked about that a lot this week, but they just need to give us, give the whole market some clarity about what is allowed and what is not in the United States. Um, you know, look, we, as a firm, we tell our clients that if you're going to raise money in the United States, you will warn people, you will require documentation, you will follow all the rules. But even we are hesitant at this point about the United States because of the fact that there's too many unknowns. So that's kind of my point. Yeah. Um, but, the, you know, I, I mean, if you're if you're following the rules and this is this is, you know, we we can only work on the facts that are there and the assumptions that we can make around those facts. And we try and and err on the side of caution and be hypersensitive to every message and memo that comes out of the SEC and the CFTC. And, and, like, and, Keith, and the way that it's going now is that every other day you have a new message. Right. So like Brad's point is the SEC needs to do what they've done in the past, like with the Jobs Act, got everything together and said, you know, let's take the Jobs Act. For example, if you're going to do crowdfunding, this is what you need to do. Here's the regulations you can choose from. Here's where you fall. This is the amount you can raise. Go for it. And they've left it alone. And they innovated as, you know, that market grows. But with this, it's every week something new comes up and it's scaring people and it's hard for everybody in the middle of an ICO to retract and say, oh, now I have to do it this way to right. make sure that we're following um, a, a note, a message that came out. I mean, there still is no regulation. This right. is all. Right. Still, but if you yeah, what Austin said. Yeah. But bottom line is you have got to, whether it's a utility or not, you need to treat everything in the U.S. like a security because yes. that's how the SEC is viewing it. That means, you know, accredited investors only. It means, uh, you know, whether you're reg C or reg D, whatever the case may be, you need to be fully compliant of the SEC guidelines. One hundred percent. I agree with securities. you. One hundred percent. Give get look, you know, get an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> and we require every client that works with us to have their own attorney. And there should be, you know, 
you shouldn't even be thinking about doing this. And look, here here comes the issue, right? And wait, 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 wait. Just by attorney, we don't mean your cousin or uncle unless no. they have expertise in this specific space. Not the personal injury attorney you heard on your favorite rock station this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> Although, um, after uh, watching the market this week, I might dial 411 pain. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, a shout out real quick um, to a couple of our favorites, Justin Wales here at Carlton Fields, a great uh, attorney, a lot of insight and knowledge in the crypto space, crypto enthusiasts. Uh, yeah. And and by the way, we're um, based in uh, in Miami and uh, Carlton is, uh, is also uh, local to us, but um, Carlton Fields has offices all around the country and has some uh, partnerships uh, internationally. So if, if that's something you need. We can certainly connect you there. Oh, and you know, there's an episode, right? Right. We should let him know he has to appear as part of our retainer agreement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and another great one out of DC is um, Lewis Cohen of uh, Hogan Lovells, who was, uh, this week was uh, written up by Newsweek as uh, the one of the top attorneys in the crypto space. So um, two great attorneys, two great firms with lots of SEC connections. Here's kind of the root of that, though, guys. If you're a U.S. company or a U.S. project, you no longer can start off the ICO process with no budget. You're going to need some cash um, unless you can find a really great attorney uh, and a really great group of people to take care of everything for you kind of in arrears or, or to be billed later. Um, you really need this council and you need advisors um, and you're going to take a, it's going to take a little bit of cash up front to get things started. doesn't take a lot, but it does take a little bit. And you know, there's a good chance they're going to ask you to justify whether what you're doing really needs. And as do we is, is what you're doing um, really justifiable use of blockchain. Is it really an innovative purpose or is it just an excuse to have an ICO and try to raise uh, tens of millions of dollars? So, you know, if you're if you're trying to structure something in this industry and in this ICO space, we highly recommend that if you're utilizing blockchain, it is a legitimate and innovative use uh, of the technology and not just an excuse to have an ICO. And, you know, for that matter, um, Obviously, we're in the business of uh, helping our clients succeed and, you know, don't overlook traditional forms of fundraising uh, to get you started. Right. And there's some real value there, right? Like we have a lot of experience in a lot of industries helping startups get started. But don't forget that one of the great values of an equity investor, especially VCs and seed funds, is advice, guidance, and a network of companies that can utilize your products, get you off the ground, introduce you to customers and partners. So you may do both. You may do an equity-based um, securities offering of some type on the ICO side, but you also really may want to consider um, starting off with an equity play that can get you the connections you want. So don't eliminate those from the process. We, we've spent a lot of years helping companies raise money like that. Um, and it takes longer and you have to give up equity. And obviously that's one of the appeals of kind of the ICO process, but 
that's going to be changing in the ICO process. And you should be considering the value of that as well. And, you know, I'm not a fan of equity just for the sake of money. I'm a fan of equity for the sake of bringing some value to the organization beyond the money. So if you, you know, if, if you're talking to somebody who can bring some expertise to your organization that you're lacking or that your team is lacking, that is a value proposition that goes beyond the cash. And uh, and that's to me, that's the smart money. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So do right. we do we want to dive in any deeper to, um, you know, any of the 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 details that really started the started the shitstorm this week? <laughs> um, uh, you know, a U.S. district judge uh, backed by the um, Commodity Futures Trading Commission uh, really defined cryptocurrencies as commodities this week. That was based on a case that the CFTC had brought against a cryptocurrency business operator. Patrick Carey McDonnell, and this was a guy who uh, had an exchange, was, um, well, we could sum it up by saying he was a bad actor, took some money, and um, didn't deliver what was promised. And so, you know, again, this wasn't just a random act of a judge deciding that uh, he's going to suddenly make a ruling on cryptocurrencies. This was a response to a case that was actively yeah. being, being pursued by the CFTC. Yeah. And, and I think um, one thing I would like to point out in this is, is we have another problem in the U.S. government re regarding regulatory. And that is there are three, three regulatory bodies who are all um, somewhat treating cryptocurrencies and ICOs differently. And that's the IRS, the SEC and the CFTC. Um, and there's going to have to be some resolution. And I think that's going to end up having to come from Congress. Um, they're going to have to set what the standard is. You know, we have a hearing where we have the, the chairman or whatever the title is for the guy that runs the CFTC um, telling us what a fan he is and how excited he is and essentially saying, go, go, go. Um, and then you have the chairman of the SEC saying, beware, we're coming for you. So um, I, I think that's one of the conflicts that's going to have to be worked out in the government is we need specific laws related to cryptocurrencies so that, you know, we know what rules to follow, kind of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know, the upside of that is, you know, uh, at least they're not saying, hey, we're going to ban this. This is bad. And it's and we got to shut it down. Very true. Right? They're Very true. looking for a way to make it work, as is pretty much par for the course with the U.S. government. It isn't going to happen fast. It's going to be painful. But, you know, eventually something is going to be defined. And, and like I said before, with regulation comes clarity and the entire industry is begging for that clarity right now. Yep, absolutely. Are we ready to shred a, an ICO? <laughs> you want to shred an ICO? So so let's <laughs> let, let's let's preface this a little bit. This is not necessarily um, designed to shred an ICO. What this is designed to do. Um, is to uh, help illustrate what you really should be doing as you're positioning your company. You know, ultimately, we see it in a white paper, you know, at, at first glance, but the white paper should be um, really illustrating what your business proposition is all about, including what your business, your financials, and, 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 and your entire plan is. And so we've seen I, I can't even count how many uh, we have come across our desk in the in the past couple of weeks. But um, as we filter them out, we have, you know, a category that we are going to 
continue to speak with and and potentially move to engagement and we have a group that goes to uh, refer to somebody else because we don't have time or capacity then there's the pile that's the no way in hell so i won't even tell you what group this one falls into because there were some components of it that we like there's some components of it that we don't like and the basis of this discussion is to help you get an understanding of what you should and should not be doing as you are trying to structure a company, a startup or an ICO. And uh, and I guess we could also say there are lots of existing companies and we have clients who are well-established companies who are now moving into the crypto and ICO space as well um, because they see some innovation opportunities. Uh, so this applies to both existing brands and startups who are trying to uh, to launch ICOs. And the one that we're going to discuss today came across our desk, I guess, uh, I don't know, about a week or two ago. Uh, and it's called RockerCoin. Uh, this is not, again, investment advice of any way, shape, or form. Um, take it for the value that you can get out of the discussion. So, so RockerCoin was, uh, or is, I should say, an interesting proposition. It's a, it's a group out, out of Italy. And the claim is that if the made in Italy were a brand, it would be a massive brand and that counterfeiting made in Italy products is a huge, huge issue, something to the tune of seven billion dollars in counterfeit products last year on uh, on what I think is less than a two billion dollar actual Italian industry. So that's rather, rather significant. And so. Uh, the technology is to use blockchain as kind of a supply chain play to document um, on the blockchain that products are indeed sourced, manufactured, manufactured and shipped from Italy. Now, I think that is, you know, using Italy as a use case to, to start something like that has a lot of potential because obviously there's counterfeit products in almost every category. And... Uh, that's something that could scale across the world. Right. And they're Italian. So it's a, it's a natural place for them to start. But the idea is, is that there's a, um, if I'm remembering this correctly, there's a QR code that goes with um, each item um, so that you can track back its origins so that the consumer will know um, whether it's legitimate. And because it's blockchain, it's uniquely stored in the ledger and the verification process is much safer. So that um, counterfeiting becomes next to impossible, which makes a huge amount of sense in all markets, right? Electronics and everything else. Um, so this is a this could be a giant, giant idea, and we're big fans of starting in a niche and really like that concept. So I think all of that is good. But and and they you know, had and they had partnerships already established with major, major logistics companies who are going to. Um, partner with them and help bring validity, not only help bring validity to the, um, you know, to the whole concept, but also provide uh, some of the working pieces in the supply chain. And we liked the whole concept and we were very excited about it as we read it. And, and then, then <laughs> what did we discover, Austin? And then they wanted to build them all. <laughs> they actually because that's the natural progression, it, so, right? It, right. Look, we're Italian. From... We like to shop. Huh? Right. So let's not shop for counterfeit stuff, but, you know, products, let's just build them all where we know everything in this mall is legit from our QR code, but let's take all the money we raise in an ICO and put it to building 
actual infrastructure. Okay. And it just it just went downhill from there. Right. So yeah. so in, in in all fairness, you know, there was there is money designated to go towards build, you know, developing the blockchain product and, and, and getting that part going. Right. But purchasing the real estate and building the mall is a huge, huge undertaking and costs a great deal of money. Now, you know, here in the U.S., we could argue that the mall model is dwindling. Uh, in the U.S. Well, you could get one cheap here. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you could go buy an empty mall pretty easily. Um, They're almost parking but, lots. But but in Milan, where, you know, they were they're proposing to to build this, you know, it's it's understandable that that um, uh, that's still a very popular way to shop. Uh, the, the concept is that it is all, you know, designer high end Italian brands. And, you know, people would know that they are. Uh, getting authentic Italian products, and they could, of course, in that mall with all of the the high end brands in that mall, they could shop and buy product with the Rocker Coin. So this is kind of a way to 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 feed the ecosystem. Well, on an e commerce play, you know, if they said that the made in the made in Italy anti counterfeiting blockchain is going to ensure that the products are all truly legitimate made in Italy products, and you may buy those products with your rocker coin anywhere you, sh- you know, whether it's in, you know, on e-commerce or brick and mortar. That's OK. Right. That's that's a use of the coin, a use of the token within the ecosystem. And I'm OK with that. But building the mall seems like a major, major large scale project that is a distraction uh, in my mind uh, on the business model, a huge distraction from what they were what they seem to be doing. Yeah. It makes me think the mall was a goal from the beginning um, because it's like shoehorned in there. So we've dealt with, go ahead. I think it's them being just too into the idea and not taking a step back and saying like, what parts of this idea can we implement and really be functional and really get our tech across to people. And I think that because in Milan that, shopping is still such a big thing at malls, you know, they just got, it just muddied up the water knowing that, okay, so this is what we usually do. This is where we go to buy our products. And, you know, we need to somehow integrate that into our whole idea here. So instead of taking a step back and trying to pick out the parts, what is necessary and what is not necessary, you know, I just don't think they did a good job of doing that. And it's hard for these startups to, to take a step back and try to take an outside view in and say, you know, pick out those things because you know, when you have an idea, it's just sitting there and you think everything about it has a specific purpose to it. And that's kind of where we come in and start dissecting it and saying, do you really need these parts and how are they going to work together? In this case, the mall stood out to us as something that doesn't seem necessary and is taking away from the good of the idea. Right. No, no question. And, and this, and this, this isn't a, the first startup we've dealt with that didn't have the proper kind of narrowed focus that you have to have to succeed out of the gate. Right. Um, I think the Italian focus on the counterfeiting really helped narrow that, even though that's a giant market um, and was a good way to keep a narrow focus. It, it, it just we all kind of were really concerned about 
the decision-making process when you really look at what it takes to build them all in lieu of everything else. Now, we, we should let everyone know RockerCoin is not a client of ours. Um, so it's, we're not. <laughs> and they're not going to be now. We're not getting a call back on this, this one. <laughs> this is, yeah, suddenly I don't think they're calling. Um, uh, so this is not just a, um, a lesson for an ICO. Okay, this, this holds true for any for any startup, right? You've got to, it's very easy to get distracted and go, what else can we do to bring value to to what we're doing? And if we can add this layer here and we can add this layer there and another part over here, you, you get caught up in thinking you're, you're building a stronger, more valuable product, but you have to be very careful that what you end up with is not a huge distraction and departure from what you originally set out to do. Yeah, I agree totally. And, and look, sometimes you're trying to fill in the gaps on the, on the revenue. Right. But this is one of those that you don't have to fill in the gap. It doesn't matter if the first few years there's not billions in revenue. It's a play that's going to last a long time. And if you can be the anti counterfeiting infrastructure, manufacturers are going to be knocking at your door if you prove it works. So prove it works in a narrow fashion and then you can grow from there. Well stated. Well, guys, um, I think that was actually uh, pretty good for. Um episode one of the crypto biz podcast yeah yeah first first one first one was good for, for well at least we like to think so but you well, know the, if we just we tell ourselves the, that it will be that's, that's right you know what the way this podcast takes shape is is really up to you the listener so if you have a topic you want us to cover or you have some questions about startups or icos blockchain or, or anything related to the crypto industry ping us on telegram uh, at crypto biz simple as that at CryptoBiz on Telegram, and we will um, take all ideas into consideration. And uh, even if you have good ideas of how we might integrate our CTO, uh, Dr. Browdy, into the mix, I'm sure you would appreciate that. And um, also, um, if you have an ICO that needs to be reviewed, you can reach out to us on uh, Telegram as well, at CryptoBiz, one that you'd like us to review on the show. And if you'd uh, like uh, Riley to shred your uh, white paper. He's waiting for you on Telegram at at Black Knox. All right. Yes. Get past the gatekeeper, and then uh, we move. We move forward. We appreciate you listening. For Brad Nickel, Austin Gaines. My name is Keith Allen. Ping us at Crypto Biz on Telegram.